What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 44 of NBA Unwrapped. This is Perry Aston, joined by my co-host, Corbin Weiderman. What's going on, man? Hey. It's pretty crazy last week or so. I'm really excited to get into it with you. Very busy time for us right now with the deadline and if you weren't following me on twitter with my notifications then you definitely were a step behind on deadline day all over it so i was hyped about the performance from everyone here at unwrapped our nba page was on fire so loved it love every year i know people were disappointed because anthony davis and other things may not have happened but i still think it was a nice really really busy trade deadline it's just there wasn't that massive player we had that with Porzingis but I was about a week before the deadline actually happened so right. what probably Mark Gasol was the biggest yeah, name we'll, we'll talk about it in a second before yeah. we do I want to remind you guys to listen to our podcast on podcast.com you can also listen to it on the Apple podcast app you also can listen it on the Pulse podcast network follow them on Twitter at Pulse pod net you can follow us on Twitter at NBA unwrap you can follow me on Twitter at Perry Aston and follow Corbin on Twitter at Corbin unwrapped follow our network Work page at Unwrap Sports. Also, go to our website at unwrapsports.com. We have all of our articles there, one central hub for all of our podcasts, adding stuff to it all the time. And shout out to our web team. We're doing an awesome job with that. So, look for even more improvements to come in the next week or two. We got a newsletter going out with a couple of our articles and some of our contributors. Shout out to you guys, too. And if you guys are going onto our website and there's anything you feel like we could be doing better, go ahead and give us a mention on Twitter through DMs and we'll be sure to take that into consideration. Yeah, we love you guys. Let's talk the deadline. Let's start with Anthony Davis because we are here in Los Angeles, so there was definitely a lot of hype going into what could have happened, what should have happened, what may have happened, who knows how you want to phrase it, but it didn't go down. Dell Demps is putting his job on the line by not accepting not just the Lakers offer, but any offer for Anthony Davis right here at the deadline. So we're going to talk about this as unbiased as possible, Corbin, so let's keep it with an un-Laker mindset, but the Anthony Davis trade here in LA, it's not over. Over. The saga's not over. He no, still can close. come in the offseason via trade, and that's when they at least can have AD play out the rest of the year. Just because the way it all went down, Anthony Davis got fined himself because of the tampering stuff when this was all kind of unraveling, unwrapping, as yes, we should unwrapping. say on the show. Well, he got fined because his agent made it public. Right, and then now the league has warned the Pelicans that if he were to be sat, even though he has a clean bill of health, they're going to be charged $100,000 a game if they're sitting him. And I think that's absolutely crazy that he's uh, still on the team. I think it's so stupid. It's a bad look for the league that they have to warn a team, hey, you have one of the top five players in the NBA and you better not sit him. To actually have that conversation, not a great look. I was just surprised Anthony Davis wasn't moved, period. Not necessarily right. to the Lakers. I thought that, especially with Anthony Davis not being a free agent until the following offseason, that you would see some smaller market team make a push for him and put all their assets together for a trade for him. Because if a team had traded for Anthony Davis before this deadline, they would have had him for two playoff pushes. Even if he had said, look, I'm not re-signing here, that's great. We're still going to have you for two playoff runs. I thought the Raptors definitely would have made sense. The Bucks, even though... Bucks would have made sense. I think they were on his extended list of teams that he would re-sign with. Anthony sense. Davis and Giannis... Ugh, that would have been insane. I wouldn't have blamed him for not wanting to leave the Bucks with Giannis there. But just any team. I mean, we saw that this past offseason the Raptors swooped in for Kawhi Leonard after Kawhi said I only want to go to LA same thing with Paul George a year earlier with him saying 
hey, Indiana, I'm just letting you know a year ahead of time, I'm going to be signing with the Lakers. I have my mind made up. That is where I'm going. And then the Thunder said, well, we're not going to be able to get someone like Paul George any other way. So here's some assets. Paul George, we're going to bring you in here. We understand you don't want to sign long-term with us right now, but we have a year to convince you. And they were able to do it. We'll see what happens with Kawhi Leonard. OKC, as you said, earlier before the podcast he didn't even give magic the time of day or vice versa it doesn't matter how it unraveled at the end he didn't come to la Kawhi didn't come to la and i've been confident since when he got to toronto that he was going to stay with the raptors next year you guys called me crazy you said he's coming to la he's at least not staying in toronto i think now you guys are getting even more of a feel that i think it's crazy anymore that he stays in toronto i I still don't think he i think it's a good fit and they're a competitive team they're in the east we're going to talk about how the east has taken some steroids you know they really vamped up to match up against the west and now i'm almost more excited for the east playoffs than the west playoffs yeah but the crazy thing about the anthony davis trade before we move on to just the trades in general or the anthony davis trade that didn't happen is that when you think about it specifically from the lakers and celtics point of view is because those are the two teams that have been linked to him the most the celtics have some really nice young assets that they could include in the trade lakers have some really good assets too that they did include in the trade the Lakers, Brian Windhorst brought this up on NBA The Jump on ESPN. I think it was yesterday, Thursday. They basically got played by the Pelicans. The, the Pelicans really were upset. They felt that the Lakers and LeBron James in particular had tampered with the whole Anthony Davis situation. And the Lakers kind of just let the Pelicans do that. The Lakers called up the Pelicans reportedly and offered one trade. Pelicans said, we want more. So then the Lakers said, okay, well, how about if we give you this? Uh, We want another young player. Okay, here you go. And each time the Lakers made an offer, it got leaked to the press. Right. They were toying with the Lakers, knowing that they didn't want to make a trade. They had no intention of making a trade, but Lakers kept making them offers. So they said, okay, what else do you have? And my question for you is, does that help the market for them in the summer? Vamping up an offer this big, denying it, does that scare teams off to where now they don't think it's even worth it to put together a trade ticket like that? When you said, now it's for two playoff runs, you get them for a year and a half. Yeah. In the summer, it's one year, and I think he'll even be more exclusive with the teams that he's going to re-sign with, considering that they don't have as long to persuade him differently than coming to LA or whatever team on that list that he had as preferred destinations. Does this help the Pelicans trade market or does this hurt it for them showing that they were not willing to make a trade and that they turned down an offer this big? It's an interesting dynamic. It was really just a game of chicken being played between the Pelicans, Lakers, and Celtics because the Lakers, their last offer they made, which was reportedly Brandon Ingram, like Lonzo Ball, everything in the kitchen sink. Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, Avica Zubat, so all five of their good young players along with KCP to make the salaries match and two first-round first picks. Rounders. And they were also going to take back Solomon Hill's bad contract. He gets paid $12.7 million next year. The Pelicans wanted four first-round picks from the Lakers, which they had to know that's just never going to happen because that's not sustainable. You think back to the Brooklyn Nets and their trade of getting Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and how they were hurt for like four years they didn't have a draft pick. Danny Ainge, even though the Celtics couldn't complete a trade with the Pelicans before the trade deadline, you know for a fact that Danny Ainge was on the phone with Dell Demps, the Pelicans GM, and was telling him, I know we can't make a trade right now, but hold off on trading him anywhere else. This is what I'd be willing to offer you in the summer. And there were reports that Danny Ainge didn't promise any one player, including Jason Tatum. Maybe he did. My thinking, though, is that even if he said right now, okay, yeah, we'll 
do a trade centered around Jason Tatum and throw in some other stuff for Anthony Davis. That's what he's saying right now. That doesn't mean that he's still going to be willing to do this in the summer. No, he's going to come in and say, here is Marcus Smart, a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos, yeah, and, Brown, and a maybe. second round pick in 2035. Oh, wait, that's all you got? And then he's going yeah. to say, what, what, finesse, what, what, about, what about Jason Tatum? You promised him. No. What happens if the Celtics make a long extended playoff run and Jason Tatum has another really good playoff run this year, just like he did last year? That definitely helps his trade value, but I think that makes it less likely that the Celtics want to include him, especially because the Celtics cannot trade for Anthony Davis until Kyrie Irving is a free agent on July. First, Celtics are not making a trade before they know what's happening with Kyrie Irving. And speaking of that, I wanted to bring up what I saw today, and it was Danny Ainge talking about the possibility of keeping Kyrie and re-signing this summer because Kyrie gave kind of an open-ended answer when he was asked last. It wasn't committed. That's not how he sounded. So it sounded like, we'll talk then. We'll kind of see how this is. And Danny Ainge responded like, this isn't a marriage. This is more of an engagement. I've proposed. I've given the ring. He's got a ring on his finger from us but the wedding is not until the summer so it's kind of like you can't stop now you're not married to me yet you still have to get me roses you still have to get me chocolates you still have to kiss my feet until the summer and then we'll actually see if you don't run at the altar the best analogy that i've ever heard for a situation like this at least from an exec i think this was hilarious from him and i think perfectly put i think Kyrie's going to leave personally but i really think it's a toss-up right now 50 50 i wouldn't be shocked either way even though i think Kyrie irving is in a really good situation with the celtics right now my point is that if Kyrie irving does leave in free agency i don't see how the celtics trade their young core especially jason tatum who is their best prospect by far i don't see how they trade him for anthony davis when davis only has one year left under his contract they don't have Kyrie irving and knowing that anthony davis has been adamant throughout this whole process he will not re-sign with the celtics right I'm not going to be surprised if when the offseason comes, Danny Ainge is screwing the Pelicans too. It's Mr. Finesse. Yeah, Danny Ainge is Mr. Finesse. And at that point, if the Pelicans go back to the Lakers, Lakers were reportedly adamant before the trade deadline, look, the same trade isn't going to be here in the offseason. Especially if the Lakers sign a max-level free agent in the offseason, they won't have the cap space to be able to take on Solomon Hill's contract. So at the very least, Solomon Hill is off the table. Maybe the Lakers are still willing to offer all the young players, but it depends what situation they're in, what the Pelicans are in. The market, I think, is going to be drying up for Anthony Davis. Obviously, every team is going to want him, but like we mentioned earlier... The two playoff runs with him versus one is a huge difference. In two years' time, you're going to find a better free agent than Anthony Davis because me and you both can mark him as a top three player in this league, top five top if you five want to. Sure. But honestly, at that point, you get more of that trial run. You get to see, and that entices other players to want to come because they're already going to be plotting when everyone's out golfing or wherever the fuck they all these players meet and tamper when no one's watching because you know it fucking happens all the time. Then you're like, yo, this is dope. I love being here in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. The cheese is fantastic. Like I don't know what you say about Milwaukee. I mean, you do. You're a Packers <laughs> fan. But whatever you have to say, this new arena is amazing. The one that they just got a year or two ago. Management's great. The execs are great. Everything here, the fans. You can sell it to players then. You can get a feel for it and you can buy into it like Paul George surprisingly did. Less than a year. He got traded June 30th right. and then re-signed. Surprising that Paul George in less than a year already fell in love with OKC and what yep. was going down there. So if you give someone a year and a half and less like we just said, 
said, the wheels fall off and something weird happens. When you look back at other trades for stars in the past, Kevin Garnett's a perfect example really quickly before we move on. When he was traded from the Minnesota Timberwolves to the Boston Celtics in 2008, he was, I think, two or three years older than Anthony Davis is right now. And the Celtics... In exchange for getting Kevin Garnett, they traded Al Jefferson, who was a nice young prospect, Sebastian Telfair, who was not really anything, Gerald Green, who had played one year after being like the 17th pick in the draft out of high school, put up like eight points per game. He was an okay piece who thought could turn into a role player, which he is now. And I think they gave up a first round pick. And that was the whole trade for Kevin Garnett, who is compared to Anthony Davis all the time. So for the Lakers to be offering this many good, talented young prospects on on top of salary cap relief and two future first-round picks, that would have been a steal. You for take the it Pelicans. and run. Yeah. You take it. You sleep perfectly fine at night, knowing yeah. that you did your job. Yeah, and I was really surprised that they didn't take that. We're gonna move on to John Wall with the devastating Achilles injury at home. I don't know the exact details for what happened, but I believe he kind of just yeah, fell he just at home. Slipped. Yeah, slipped and fell, and he's out for a year. It's usually anywhere from 10, 11 to. 13, 14 months, roughly about a year, so give or take. And this is a big blow to the Wizards now, who I've already been patient with John Wall now getting surgery and having a recovery time anyways. He was already out for the rest of the season. Exactly, and they promised that they were going to hold on to the core that they had. At that point, they were looking towards a recovery time for Wall, but now you set back even more, and you're recovering from technically two injuries now. So this is going to be a really lengthy, tough recovery for John Wall, and it's going to be a pretty dark time sometimes for him during this recovery, battling between the two. I feel really bad, and the thing is now, after that, the Wizards went and made a trade or two at the deadline to at least get some cap relief and look towards the future a bit because the GM had to save his job. At this point, they had an idea of what they wanted to do, and then Bradley Beal was a hot name that kept getting floated around. Other guys like yeah, this. I thought he was going to be traded. Otto I thought Porter, it sense Morris, a lot of people that were getting talked about, but it wasn't happening. And then John Wall goes down, and it all kind of blows up. So for Washington, this is a huge blow. For an NBA fan, I like watching John Wall play. He's one of the fastest players in the league, or was. Yeah, before the Achilles Or injury. was. And I know how Corbin feels about the Achilles yeah. Injury, and I think Boogie Cousins is coming back very well. I told you this, though. I swear to God, I said this on our podcast over and over again. Boogie's a tough guy. This is going to be a particular comeback story that we're going to be talking about where he's going to be coming back, not at full strength, but if we can get 80% to Marcus Cousins for the rest of his career, that's fantastic. He's even above 80%. He looks really good. I'm not going to go with all of the expectations right now. No, he's not 100%. So I can't say, oh, early on, Because with Achilles injuries, usually it takes two years from the injury to where you're back to as good as you're going to be. So for him to look this good already, just a little bit more than a year removed from his injury, he's looked really good. And I thought DeMarcus Cousins... If there was anyone who was going to struggle to come back, it was him because he isn't the most well-conditioned athlete. He's a little bit on the heavy side. And then him just being a center and having to carry around all that weight with the game that he has, the post moves and needing to be quick with that. 
I thought he was going to lose a lot from his game, and he really hasn't. I've been impressed, and it's something that I was confident in saying, and I know Christian too, and this is a guy that has a lot of perseverance. You can see it in his passion for the game, and I love watching him on the Warriors. I hope they can honestly re-sign him somehow. I I don't think it's going to happen. I want the NBA to be more competitive. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't think that means they're going to sign everybody. They're not going to be able to. They're going to have to make their pickings, and I think Klay Thompson bounces. And I don't know if that means to LA, but I don't think Klay Thompson's going to re-sign. I think he's going to make a lot of money else swear and the Warriors are going to be just fine they're going to figure out a way around this and I can see Boogie Cousins at least coming back for a one to three year deal for a lot well, I think DeMarcus Cousins if he wants to come back he would have to take a pretty big pay cut because he's playing a lot better than everyone expected so he's going to be in line for a nice raise from his mid-level exception that he got this year the Warriors don't have his bird right so they can't sign him to anything more than a mid-level exception unless they get under the cap and they're way over the cap yeah, so I think unless he's willing to take a big pay cut once again I don't see it happening. Really quickly before we move on to breaking down all the trades that have happened, the John Wall scenario, if he didn't already have the worst contract in the NBA going forward, he does now. Listen to his contract. So this year, he makes just over $19 million. Next year is the start of a four-year extension that he signed, I believe, a little over a year ago. Next year, he goes from $19 million to $38 million. $38 million. The following year, $41. 44 one and then 47 million dollars seven million dollars four and a half years from now he'll be making 47 million dollars listen to this again guys that's almost half of the salary cap 2023 john wall makes 47 fucking million dollars really 47.3 47.3 over 47 you cap motherfucker Can you believe these numbers nowadays? I know we talked about it in the last pod, and I said it's not baseball numbers, but we're actually sniffing it, and you said it's it's getting close. It's, it's right there. It's, it's right fully there. Fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. For football, they're like, here's $375 billion for one year, but I'm going to guarantee you ten dollars now go back that's it now go fucking kill someone i hope you hope hope you don't don't get get injured injured. yeah Yeah. here's ten dollars and a low tier one insurance plan and we're not (laughs) even including dental for you that's how much the nfl guarantees in contracts it is pathetic but we're gonna save that for nfl episodes we're gonna actually be recording an nfl episode tonight as well it's friday night when we're recording probably have these up saturday sunday sometime this weekend talk about the super bowl and some other off-season stuff but we're winding down for nfl and basketball is winding up even though there's the aaf league for football so let's get it i'm gone completely i love football i love sports to see another sports league i'm not going to complain unless it's dog shit but i think it's fun of the idea of having another league televised that we can watch i'm excited about it Let's get to what we've all been waiting for on this episode, the trade deadline grades. We're going to kind of go through each trade and talk about what we think for both sides, kind of give grades. We'll go A through F, maybe add a Z in there if it was that bad, but we'll let Corbin run with the first trade. Yeah, so really quickly before we get into that, I'm in the process of writing an article grading out each of these trades, so that'll be up on our website, unwrappedsports.com. Some point tomorrow, I'll break down each of the trades, talk about the salary cap implications from the trades, if there are any. Also, if you guys are curious just as far as how your team did on the trade deadline in particular and what the salary cap implications are for your team go ahead and reach out to me at corbin unwrapped on twitter be happy to answer any questions guys you know i know my stuff but when it comes to cat when it comes to money it's so hard to think what's a bird right and what's a dog right and what's a cat right (laughs) so 
you need to be hitting up Corbin on this shit because this dude knows his numbers way too much. I don't even know how he got all this knowledge, but he has this knack for NBA cap in particular. So I love this stuff. Seriously, hit up Corbin Unwrapped. This guy knows what he's talking about. Thank you. All right, so let's get into the first trade. No particular order. We'll start with the Markel Fultz trade. The Magic received Markel Fultz. They sent the Sixers. Jonathan Simmons, 2019 second round pick from the Cleveland Cavaliers and a 2020 first round pick from the Oklahoma City Thunder, which turns into two second round picks if it doesn't convey in 2020. I'll start with this. I think from the magic side of things. What's your letter grade? A. And what about for 76ers? Then we'll talk about it after, but what's the grades for both? Sixers, C minus. Magic get an A just because... It was a low-risk, very high-reward type of trade. They didn't give up much. The 2020 first-round pick from the Thunder, we don't know how they're going to be in 2020. It's top 20 protected, so it could end up being just they traded three second-round picks for Markel Fultz, who we were having this discussion earlier. 20 months ago, he was clearly the best player coming into the league from college. People want to compare Markel Fultz to Anthony Bennett, who was another bust as a former number one overall pick. The difference is that in college, Anthony Bennett was not a dominant basketball player. He was a good basketball player, but even leading up to the draft, most people thought Nerlens Noel was going to be the number one overall pick. Markel Fultz, though, he was clearly one of, if not the best basketball players in college, and he was a freshman playing on a Washington team that had no talent around him. He was doing it all by himself, and since he's gotten to the NBA, he just has not been able to stay healthy. But you could even see in the small amounts of games that he actually played for the Sixers, yes, his shot wasn't there, but still his ability to create off of the dribble for himself and for others, get to the rim, his athleticism, it's still there. Hopefully his shoulder issues are behind him and now he just needs to get past the mental block that he's going to have of being able to trust his body again. If he can do that, I still think Markel Fultz can be one of the elite basketball players in the league. So for my grade, the Magic are going to get an A, but the 76ers, I think you undervalued what they got back. I think they get a B minus, and this is why, because you may have that strong opinion on Markel Fultz. I truly believe that he's not done. I don't think he's going to be an elite player in this league. I disagree with you on that, but I'm not saying the complete opposite. I think he's going to be a serviceable player. I think he's going to be good. I think he can even scratch all-star potential at some point in his career if he can, like you said get past the mental block because he is diagnosed now they know what's wrong with him at first it was what the fuck happened to markel fultz there was just question marks no one knew it was just his all of a sudden we watched on wednesday and he was shooting free throws with his left hand we watched on thursday he was kicking the ball in and we watched on friday and he had this weird hitch like it didn't matter what day he watched it there was a different markel fultz and he was trying to figure it out it was clear on he was squirming it was weird now he knows what's going on obviously he's getting medical attention and like you said the mental block, he would have never been good in Philadelphia. He would have never gotten back to where he needed to be. With the direction this team is going, he would have never had his shot. Like you said, the mental block, I think there's just too much that's already happened in Philadelphia for him to have a fresh slate and to completely start with that fire lit under his ass. I think now with him going to a place like Orlando, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's going to want to prove himself. Could become, you say elite, I think potentially all-star level down the line but if you can get back to being a serviceable nba player maybe a six-man role getting people excited maybe starting i think now we're getting a little bit more excited to getting a fan base buying jerseys they have someone to rally around because we've always used the magic as the epitome of mediocre 
as the one team that after that one playoff run that kind of impressed, they just kind of flared out. And they've just been right there, not way at the bottom to where they're getting number one guys, but right there in like no man's land. Yeah, it's weird. They've had like the fifth, sixth pick right around there for the past, I don't know how many years, and they just consistently stay right there. Yeah, and for the 76ers, you're getting back draft picks. Clearly, they always have a plan in Philly. They're always piling up draft picks for something, if it's a trade or if they're actually going to attack the draft. But they're piling up what they need. For a guy that clearly is thrown in the white towel there. And Jonathan Simmons. They're going to have him for next year with his contract. And he's serviceable. And this is a guy that, yeah, he's not having the best year this year. Playing 20 minutes a game. 6.9 points. Kind of how he was back when he was in San Antonio. Yeah, I like Simmons as a Last year, 69 games. 13.9 points. 46% field goal percentage. 3-2. and 29. Higher energy guy. I compared him to kind of a Kenneth Fareed yeah. kind of energy coming off the bench. This is the exact kind of guy that the 76ers needed to add depth to a team that's trying to win right now. You're getting a guy that's going to help you compete more than Fultz was. God forbid he played again for Philly. <laughs> Who knows how that would have worked out. And they get picks. So I'm going to give them a B- minus for not screwing this one up and kind of sliding out of a situation that they clearly got screwed in. They know they should have got Jason Tatum. They wiped their hands when they got a new GM who's in the running for executive of the year after a fire show here at the deadline. And we'll get to the other trade. Right. So I think they both came out winners on this one, but definitely Fultz going to Orlando. That's a big pickup for them. I get your point. I think I downgrade them a little bit just because of how much it has to hurt knowing what Fultz could have been and also knowing you could have had Tatum and yet here you are a year and a half later having to different people tra- in the front office for, though yeah. so it's one of those wipe your hands clean yeah. kind of thing because Fultz did need a new change it's of less prideful no one no one thought thinking. yeah no one thought that Fultz was going to be able to resurrect his career in Philly let's move on to the next trade this one probably the biggest trade of the trade deadline Mark Gasol going to the Raptors so Raptors received Mark Gasol Grizzlies got CJ Miles Jonas Valanciunas DeLon Wright and a 2024 second round pick Perry what are your grades for them I'm just glad you said Jonas's name I screw up that last name every time <laughs> I'm gonna give the Raptors a B plus and I'm gonna give the Grizzlies a B minus right there like I said kind of about the last one both winners in this and the Raptors are trying to win now Mark Gasol He's going to slide right there into their starting center role. And Serge Ibaka, who has been a power forward most of his career and is now playing center as of this year under Nick Nurse's offense, is now going to slide back to power forward. So you kind of got the two of them down there, which I like. And if you want to try up a smaller lineup, you have Serge Ibaka as your sixth man coming off the bench, which is a scary sixth man to have. So this is a team that has a good roster. The coach who me and Christian really bashed before the season, and we apologized on a previous pod. Nick Nurse, yeah, we apologize. But what was the joke? They should have hired Nick, Nick Doctor. Nick Doctor, that was Christian's <laughs> joke. Yeah, we're we're dads here on Unwrapped, clearly dad jokes. But I'm going to give the Raptors that B-plus because they are putting in the chips now. They have Kawhi now. They don't know if they're going to have Kawhi in the future, but do they have Kawhi now? Yes. So here's your time to shine. There's a reason why they've been the top seed in the East, top two, top three, Throughout this entire year, there was a large part of the year that they were number one, and now the Bucks are playing yeah. extremely well. We'll talk about that when we talk about the West and the East. I'm loving this move for the Raptors because it shows that they're serious. It shows that they're going to try and make a run, and I think this is a good fit for Marcus Gasol, who's a calmer guy and not a huge personality. Go with Kawhi and the other quiet guys like Danny Green, Nick Nurse in Toronto, and I think it's a good scene for him. And for the Grizzlies, you get back something. He could have walked for nothing. 
I think the guys they got back are serviceable role players off the bench that are going to help you. But I think that 2024 second round pick is solid as well. They could have gotten back a little bit more, but I think that the Grizzlies swooped in here where the Hornets, we all expected them to get Marcus All, and they're going to get a grade on this too. They're going to get an F minus the Hornets for not making this trade, for not figuring out a way to try and keep Kemba. Yeah. This is pathetic. Who is the best player on the Hornets besides Kemba? Mm-hmm. Jeremy Lamb? Nicholas Batum? Who's well, the best player? Frank Kaminsky? Or- Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, probably MKG. Did you seriously just say that? Like, I know. Did you I just know. say that? Like, I was looking. I didn't even look at the roster. I was thinking about it earlier. I don't want to just bring it up here, get our raw reactions to see who we thought actually was the second best player. Probably but Batum. Babe, how does but. he stay? How does he stay yeah. after this? What did you do to show him that you're serious? Have the no, all-star game in Charlotte? That wasn't even the team's choice. What, because Kemba's going to be shooting in the three-point contest and starting in the All-Star game, that now he's going to re-sign there? I think that's a perfect way to send his ass off. <laughs> I'm going to live it up All-Star weekend here, and I'm going to go get a big ticket somewhere. That's pathetic. I see that guy being a New York Nick. You heard it here first. Maybe. Yeah, I think the chances of him staying with the Hornets, I just don't see why he would. But with the Mark Gasol trade... Raptors are clearly putting all their chips in the middle of the table. I love it. I'm giving the Raptors an A- and giving the Grizzlies a C+. Still say both teams won this trade. For the Raptors, I really like it just because Mark Gasol is definitely an upgrade from Jonas Valanciunas at the center position. Valanciunas has missed some time this year dealing with a hand injury. But not a bad guy going back to Memphis, though. No, no, no. Even though the Raptors lost a little bit of depth with trading away C.J. Miles and DeLon Wright, Marc Gasol makes the Raptors a better team. For the Grizzlies, there were some people that thought that they were going to be able to get a first-round pick for Marc Gasol and that a championship contender would step up to the plate and offer a first-round pick in order to make that final championship push. They didn't get a first-rounder, but they did get some solid pieces. I think Jonas Valanciunas could probably be flipped in the offseason for some more pieces going forward. I think it's pretty clear the Grizzlies need to embrace a rebuild. We'll see how that goes, but Raptors, yeah, definitely a good job by them. I definitely agree. Let's move on to one of the, I think, three Clippers trades that happened. Clippers, I think they had the best trade deadline We're in out agreement. of any team. Yeah. There's another team, the 76ers, that I think Sixers come had in a, really good a close second too. because, like we said, they're in win-now mode too. So for a competitor, they made the best moves. But for a team thinking about the future... Definitely the Clippers. So I I guess it depends on how you look at it. For when you approach the trade deadline, what are you looking for? And I think they both did exactly what they were trying to do. Yeah. The first trade for the Clippers, Clippers traded Avery Bradley to the Memphis Grizzlies in exchange for Jermichael Green and Garrett Temple. Getting Garrett Temple and Jermichael Green wasn't really the point of this trade. It was that the Clippers, who are trying to clear salary cap room, were able to offload Avery Bradley, who has a team option going to next year, which if the Clippers declined the option, which they most likely would have, they still would have been on the hook for $2 million next year, which is a small piece, but still something to clear a little bit more cap room. Avery Bradley was not playing well for the Clippers this year. They actually averaged 5.5 points per game more per 100 possessions with him on the bench versus on the court. Getting Garrett Temple and Jermichael Green, they're solid pieces good though pieces. for this year. Garrett Temple is a good three-point shooter. Jermichael Green can space the floor too. Just some solid pieces, but I don't think either one of them factor into the Clippers' plans. So what are your grades? Grades. Clippers I'm giving the Clippers an A for this. This was a great trade. And then 
The Grizzlies, the only reason why the Grizzlies did this trade, because I think they're going to end up declining Bradley's team option, they needed to make this trade. They were sending out more salary than they were receiving so that when they made the Marc Gasol trade at the end of both trades, they would still be under the luxury tax, so they wouldn't have to pay that. So for that reason, I'll give them a C. It's a wash. It really didn't do anything other than that. I'm going to give the... Clippers an A minus for this one. I think you said it wasn't a huge number they unloaded, but a smart move for the right. rebuild. I think A minus is fair. And I think for the Grizzlies, you keep undervaluing some of these teams with the smaller moves they're making. I'm going to give them a B minus because with Avery Bradley, they have this little trial run going here. It's the grind city. That's the grit city right there. That's what they do. And I think this is the most Tony Allen-like player that they've had since Tony Allen. Let's say it works out with Avery Bradley and he becomes a piece for Memphis. I don't think that's a bad look for them. I think he exemplifies what Memphis is trying to do with that grit defense. And I think that if they fall in love with each other, that this can be a low-key really good fit if this works out. But like you said, they made the move for the Marcus All trade for cap space. Right. So that's the smart part of it. But I think this is a win-win for the Avery Bradley situation. So mm-hmm. I'm going to definitely grade it more than just a C-Wash. I think they actually have a guy that could make something happen there. What was your grade for the Grizzlies again? It was B or okay. B minus. Okay. Let's move on to this is a three team trade, so a lot to unpack. The Bucks getting another piece and just helping them make their push towards the playoffs and maybe a finals run. We'll see. The Bucks received Nikola Miritich from the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans received Stanley Johnson, the Denver Nuggets 2019 second round pick, which is protected for numbers 56 through 60. The Bucks 2020 second round pick. The Wizards' 2020 second round pick and the Wizards' 2021 second round pick. Pistons received Thonmaker. So let's just start with the Bucks. The Bucks get an A for this. They added some shooting to clear more drives to the lane for Giannis Antetokounmpo. They get an A 100%. Yeah. This is one of the most underrated moves and they of didn't, the trade deadline. And they didn't even have to give up a first round pick. They gave they up, didn't even they gave need up a this. second round They pick. didn't even need this trade. That's how good of a trade it was. They're in such a good position right now. And to add a perfect piece. Honestly, if you told me every name that was floating around during the trade deadline and said, what's the most intriguing piece that you could put on the Bucks?" I would have said Nikolai Miritich. Just the thought of another tall guy that can stretch the floor and do what they're doing in that coach bud offense right now oh my god that is filthy seriously this may be the best trade of the deadline and it may not be the biggest it may not be the flashiest but this may be the move of this year i'm just saying that because if this is what i think it's going to be for the bucks part of the reason why quick hint i think they're the best in the east even though the 76ers are nasty the bucks made the right move for a championship run. And if it doesn't work out this year, they'll try and run it back next year with a whole new plan. But this team is really legit, and this is a guy that fits them perfectly. So I'm assuming you're giving them an A? Oh, my God. It's A, and it's a debatable A-plus because of what they had to give up. wasn't much. Yeah, it was the four second-round picks. For the Pelicans, I'll give them, I guess, a B-minus. They got Stanley Johnson, who fourth year in the league, they're going to have to decide if they want to re-sign him. He's been underwhelming so far. The four second-round picks, I don't really love trading players for second-round picks because you can always buy a second-round pick in the offseason. Teams have... 
$3 million that they can send as cash to other teams in any trade every single year. And you see every year during the draft different teams, usually smaller market teams that need to get a little bit more cash. They'll sell off their second round picks. But it was still something maybe you get a serviceable NBA player with one of those second round picks. That would be the hope for them. For the Pistons, they essentially traded Stanley Johnson, who is a project player and kind of is underwhelming for Thon Maker, who's another project player and underwhelming. But I think Thon Maker has more upside, more promise than Stanley Johnson going forward. So for that, I'll give the Pistons a B minus on this. So they both got B minuses besides the Bucks. Yeah, you know, I'll give the Pistons a B because I like what they got a little bit. I'm going to give the them both a B, straight up both okay. a B. I'm happy with this trade for all three teams. The Pelicans getting back four first round picks. You don't sound too excited about it. I like that. Miritich clearly wasn't a piece moving forward. He could have been part of a solid playoff run this year, which is why they spent a first round pick on him last year to try and make that run when Boogie went down. You remember that. And we thought that was a great trade, and it was. It gave them at least the firepower and depth that they needed to at least try. And New Orleans did what they did best and obviously fuck it up with AD. Don't underwhelm. But this is a trade where Stanley Johnson and Thonmaker, yes, a little underwhelming. And yes, you said project players. But I think new faces, new places. I think this is a... Good opportunity for them both. They're not Markel Fultz-type players, but it's the same situation. A young guy that needs another chance and a new city. I think it could only work out for the better because, like you said, they both weren't great fits for both the teams. I disagree with you when you said Thon Maker maybe have more potential than Stanley Johnson. I, I see them both right there, kind of okay. about the same. I'm not overly impressed with Thon Maker. I think it was his intangibles and his length that was getting talked about and not being able to see as much as we hope for from him being around other super tall athletic guys in Milwaukee, I can't say as much as I can about Stanley Johnson. So I think they both have a potential to be solid role players now that they have new situations. And the four first round picks, I love that. That is amazing. You get to rebuild for the future. Not that those are the four pieces that are going to help you, but they'll be four pieces that they can use in other trades or keep and hopefully come up on some big name guys because they're going to need it when Anthony Davis is gone. Yeah, they are. Speaking of Anthony Davis, Lakers did trade for a big man. It just wasn't the big man that we thought they would trade for. Lakers traded Michael Beasley and Avica Zubots to the Los Angeles Clippers for Mike Muscala. Let's just wrap this with the Reggie Bullock trade as well. Let's kind okay. of talk about the Lakers as a whole. So let's talk about that second trade too, just the details of it. So the it. second trade was the Lakers traded Svi Mikhailuk and a future second round pick to the Detroit Pistons for Reggie Bullock. On the Avica Zubots, Mike Muscala trade. That one, I hate that trade for the Lakers. What's the grades? F. F for the Lakers, A for the Clippers. Jerry West, who is an advisor for the Clippers right now, he fleeced his former team, the team that he used to be the general manager of. If it's Zubats, this just doesn't make any sense for the Lakers. He's been because doing really well. Zubats lately. has been their starting center for probably the past three or four weeks. Since 2019 started, he has been clearly their best center. JaVale McGee, ever since his pneumonia scare, has not been the same. And Tyson Chandler's just worn down because he's 36 years old. What is Mike Muscala? A big man that can stretch the floor. What is Zubak? A big man that can stretch the floor. Muscala, but still... 
a prospect yeah. that you can use in the future. Muscala, I guess, Muscala is can a shoot threes. Zubats can't shoot threes. I'm Muscala not, only shoots thirty four percent on threes. I'm not though. even talking the badly Lakers, about Muscala. I'm talking just about the fact that you gave up Zubac now yes. when you should have kept yes. on to him. And the Lakers had Brook Lopez this offseason. If they wanted a stretch five, they could have just re-signed Brook Lopez, who went to the Bucks for pennies. less than the mid-level exception. Three point four million. For a million trap supreme. For exactly. And a player for, option. For how much the Lakers signed Michael Beasley for, that's how much Brook Lopez signed with the Bucks. And now, Michael Beasley, he's being cut by the Clippers. He's not even going to play a game. So, he's not the issue. It's Zubots who... Okay, he was going to be a free agent after this season. Yes, the Lakers didn't want him eating into their cap space, but he was going to be a restricted free agent. His salary cap hold was going to be just a little bit over a million dollars. The Lakers, if they didn't have him and had released him in the offseason, they still would have had, if they had less than 12 players signed, they would have had a cap hold for that 12th player of about 850000 So you saved about 150000 200000 by trading. Clippers have Zubots who, like we said, are really nice young player, 21 years old. He's a cheap option that they're going to have while they, meanwhile, still have enough cap room to go out and try to sign two max level players. The one thing here is the fact that there's also another roster spot yeah. for the Lakers to go find someone in the buyout market, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. So that is... The only other thing for this trade, and getting Beasley off the roster, I think that's a nod for Luke Walton. I think they're mm-hmm. backing him because I think Beasley was the main problem in the locker room scuffle. I think I, that was overblown. Maybe, but I think if they had a chance to wipe the little contract that they have with him and get him out of the locker room, I think they didn't mind it. But let's talk about that open roster spot now because that kind of plays into the grade that I'm giving the Lakers because the only player so far in the buyout market that I thought would have made sense would be Wayne Ellington, who's a nice shooter. He's going to be signing with the Pistons once he clears waivers. Wes Matthews, I thought, could Wesley have been Matthews another guy. He's with a the nice Pacers one too. now. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one that would have made sense. You hear that they might be interested in Markeith Morris, the Lakers, for that last roster spot. But let's stop pretending. It's going to be Carmelo Anthony. And the fact that it's going to be Carmelo Anthony. Lakers traded two players in Zubots and Beasley. Both of them are better than Carmelo Anthony. Michael Beasley, his role is going to be taken by Carmelo Anthony. Beasley does a better job of doing what Carmelo Anthony is going to be doing. Uh, Give me me Melo over Beasley. But Zubox, with what he could be, that's a guy you got to keep for an Anthony Davis run or somebody. And I think if not, he's a guy that's going to contribute for your team. And you're looking for a big that can shoot. You have a big that can shoot with Zubak. It's confusing, but Muscala is a little bit more experienced, and he is a serviceable guy. So I like the yeah. Muscala ad. He can I don't hit three like, Zubats. I don't like what they gave up. Mid-range. But the other trade, so the Svi Mikhailuk and the second round pick for Reggie Bullock, that one I will give the Lakers a B plus for B plus that. For Maybe me too. A minus. B plus. Reggie Bullock is pretty much Solid. what you hope Svi Mikhailuk would turn into. Svi Mikhailuk, really good shooter in college. He kind of struggled this year shooting around 33%. Reggie Bullock last year, I think he shot around 44%. But on he's threes. a legitimate 3 and D player. This is not just... Uh, no, I, not I, I disagree. I was watching some tape on him. I'm impressed with his footwork. I'm impressed with his help D. And on offense, what I'm mostly impressed with is the fact that he moves so well without the ball. Yeah. He creates his own shot. He creates opportunities. And he's selfless. And I think him and Blake Griffin had a really good handoff that they were doing. It was this like slide-by handoff that they had really good chemistry with. And yeah, I was nice. watching a couple Pistons games. I like Reggie Bullock. This is a great trade. B-plus for the Lakers. I think for the Pistons, I'm going to give them like a C-plus 
because I guess the second round pick is cool back, but Svi Mikhailuk, you hope that he turns into... Yeah, he's a nice project. You hope he turns into Bullock. Getting a second round pick on top of that, it's decent haul for the Pistons. So I'd but say the, the Lakers won this The break. Lakers overall day, I'm going to give them a C-. minus Because they cancel each other out with the F and the B+. Plus. So I'm going to give it like a C-. minus. I think the Zubats trade was a little bit worse than the Bullock one, but yeah, overall... I like you know, the I'd, one. I'd agree I really with like you. it. I do like it too. I think overall, yeah, I'd say D+, plus, C- minus for them. It's just the fact that the Lakers didn't pull off the big AD trade. It makes it look like they failed this trade deadline. But in reality, they still have the same team they had. Getting that chemistry back, hopefully it's going to be seamless. These are professionals, at least we hope so. It's not a complete swing and miss. You can still do this in the offseason. He doesn't have the chance to go pick where he wants to play. It's going to be the same situation in the offseason. So this isn't as much of a swing and miss as people think. And the Lakers had to look for plan B and plan C. They weren't flashy, but I think at least the Bullock one gets the job done. Yeah, let's move on. This next trade, we don't have to spend too much time on. The Pacers received Wade Baldwin, Nick Stauskas, and a second round pick, and the Rockets received cash considerations from the Pacers. It was a salary cap dump. That's Wade was. Baldwin and Nick Stauskas. They've been I moved, am sorry. They've been moved, what, three times in the past like, week? Take me out before you fuck me first. Like, are you serious? Like, you're getting passed around more than some of my exes back in the day. This is <laughs> ridiculous. I feel so bad. I know they're professionals, but they're showing up to different cities. They're showing up to practice facilities yeah. and <laughs> walking in the door and being like, whoop right back the other way gonna go ahead and drink at the airport bar really quick before i head to my next destination i can't imagine i know it's the life of a professional but getting a call that you're a blazer or a fucking sonic and then the next day you're a laker and then you're a clipper and then you're a buck i would be so mind blind okay where do i go can i just take a day or two off you guys figure this all out let the dust settle and then tell me where i should go play basketball because until i'm supposed to strap on these basketball shoes in your jersey tell me where i feel so bad for both of them they move what was i think from the blazers to the Cavs, from the Cavs to the rockets and now from the rockets to the pacers and to make matters worse pacers are cutting both of them so they're not they're not playing playing you guys are done I'm just going to give it a C for both teams. It was a wash. It didn't mean anything to either team. I'll give the Pacers a C plus because they got a second round pick. I'm going to give it a bleh. <laughs> That's a good grade to give it. All right, let's move on to another Rockets trade. The Rockets trading James Ennis to the Sixers. So Sixers received James Ennis. The Rockets received a 2021 second round pick. What do you think, Perry? I like this. For Philly, I'm going to give them a B on this trade. For Houston, I'll give them a C plus. Not anything special. Like we said, second round picks moving around, stuff like that. James Ennis is the exact kind of guy that Philly needed to add depth after going for Tobias Harris, which we'll talk about in a second. Their team looked amazing when you looked at their starting five, but when you looked at their bench, you were like, oh, okay, I get it now because the depth's not there. So this was a perfect trade for them to add a 3 and D. I think another 3 and D guy. Yeah. I like James Ennis. Yeah, I like the trade for the Sixers too. I'll give them a B on it. Yeah. James Ennis, a solid guy that you can bring off the bench and also open up the floor for Ben Simmons. Uh, He needs shooters around him. For the Rockets... C minus. It doesn't make too much sense. I mean, he was someone who could have contributed for the Rockets and to trade that for a second round pick. I thought the Rockets were gearing up for something big. When they were making all these little moves, I thought they were going to make a run for someone at the deadline. Clearly not. Let's move on to 
the Markeith Morris trade. So the Pelicans received Markeith Morris and a 2023 second round pick. The Wizards received Wesley Johnson. The Pelicans cut Markeith Morris right after this trade. They were just doing it for the 2023 second round pick. It's another salary dump. The Wizards were doing this to get rid of some salary. Pelicans, I'll give them a B on this because they got a second round pick out of it. And then for the Wizards, C minus. It was a salary dump. I don't really like seeing those types of trades unless they're just egregious salaries which Markeith Morris wasn't I'll give him a C plus because the GM panicked John Wall went down he said I gotta save my job I gotta at least try and put us in some sort of position so (laughs) we made a couple trades to try and blow it off I think it was funny so I'll give him a C plus but I agree with you nothing special and how many teams has Wesley Johnson played for I feel like he's always on a different team. He's, and if not, he's a Clipper or a Laker, like always. Yeah, he was a Clipper for a few years. That was probably his longest stint. I f- he's one of those journeymen that you he just was, have no idea what team he's playing for. He was so athletic. When he was on the Lakers and Andrew Wiggins, it was his rookie year with the Timberwolves. And Wesley Johnson had originally been drafted by the Timberwolves. Watching them compete against each other, I thought Wesley Johnson's just as athletic as Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins might be a little bit more athletic, but it's pretty close. Wesley Johnson also has really good shooting form. It's just you look at him and you just think he should be so much better than he actually is. And then you actually watch him play and it's, oh yeah, that's why that, that's why he's moving around to so many different places. Let's move on to Harrison Barnes being traded in the middle of a game. He had to be Savage. He, was, he was taken out of the game Cold. and notified that he had been traded. The Mavericks traded Harrison Barnes to the Sacramento Kings in exchange for Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph. I'll start with this one. I think the Mavericks give him a B minus on that. It makes sense because they're trying to clear cap room, but at the same point, you're still somewhat in the hunt for a playoff spot, and Harrison Barnes definitely could have helped more than Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson, though, I like him as a prospect. He's a nice piece moving forward. If you want to get rid of that Harrison Barnes contract, there's a lot worse trades you could make than this. Zach Randolph season, baby. And then for the Kings, though, Kings, I'm going to give them a B plus. They're clearly making a push for the playoffs. Can't blame them. They haven't made the playoffs since, I think, the 05-06 season. Longest playoff drought in the NBA. Harrison Barnes definitely makes them a better team this year. They're going to be stuck with his salary, but it's not like the Kings are a great free agent destination anyways. That's exactly what I was going to say. The ability to get a free agent for them is definitely tougher than other markets. So getting Harrison Barnes, this is a guy he's not tier one, maybe not even tier two still, but he's a veteran guy who can still help you spread the floor and contribute. And he's a hustle guy. I like it. I'm actually going to give the Kings an A minus for this one because they're making a run. This is a team that no one expected to be this good. They have a lot of young guys that I think are all a little shocked and a little happy that this is going on, but don't know how this is going to translate for the playoffs. I think they need a veteran guy in that locker room, a guy who's played with the Warriors for a championship run, knows what he's supposed to be doing, and I think this is a solid guy for their locker room. And like you said, Justin Jackson going back to the Mavericks, they're thinking completely to next year. They don't give a shit about a playoff run this year. They got Chris Stapps. We'll talk about that in a sec. This team is poised for success in the future. I think this is a great move, Justin Jackson and getting off Harrison Barnes. I'll give them a B plus. Yeah, and they needed to shed salary after taking on all that salary in the Porzingis trade. Let's move on to another three-teamer between the Cavaliers, Rockets, and Kings. So the Cleveland Cavaliers received Marquise Chris, Brandon Knight, and a 2019 first-round pick from the Rockets. Lottery protected. They're making the playoffs, so they're getting it. Essentially, the Rockets just added that first round pick to dump salary. Rockets received two people we've already mentioned, Wade Baldwin and Nick Stauskas, who are now unemployed. You sluts. And Iman Shumpert. 
And then the Kings received Alec Burks and a second round pick. For the Cavaliers, I'll give them an A- minus on this. Cavaliers aren't doing anything this year anyway, so might as well get as many assets as you can they got a first round pick out of this it was smart for them the rockets i'll give them a b on this i said i'm not a huge fan of salary dumps but in this case the brandon knight contract was a pretty bad salary to be able to get out of that for what's probably going to be 22nd 23rd overall pick in the draft maybe even lower pretty good for them and then the kings received alec burks and a second round pick iman shumpert was having a good year for them but to get a second round pick out of him it's okay i'd say it's kind of a wash say a c for them what do you think barry i'm gonna say a minus for the cavaliers i like that they keep loading up with picks they're looking for the future marquise chris is interesting i think he could potentially be a solid player for them if he comes into his athleticism the rockets i'm gonna give it a b i like iman schumper on this team or shumper he's a dog he's one of those guys that is gonna help them in the playoffs I don't know if it's enough, but he's a guy that can help them like Ariza did last year. Maybe not the same level offensively, but defensively, I'm going to put them neck and neck. For the Kings, I'm going to give this a B. I think Alec Burke is another guard for them that can help in the second round pick. It's solid for them. Okay. Let's move on to Otto Porter getting moved from the Wizards. So the Wizards traded Otto Porter to the Chicago Bulls in exchange for Jabari Parker, Bobby Portis, and a 2023 second round pick. Perry. What do you think? What are the grades for this one? The Wizards, I'm going to give them like a C plus. I think that they needed to make a move, get one of those core players off, but their return wasn't amazing. I like Otto Porter Jr., so I'm going to give them a C plus, maybe even a C. I'm not impressed with this. For the other end, I'm going to give it a B for receiving Otto Porter Jr. I think that's solid. Jabari Parker is not the piece. I think you paid him to trade him, which is kind of stupid, but Bobby Portis is a guy that's caused problems in the past. He's got a lot of talent, but you're not going to pay him that big bucks that he's in line for to be a backup center. Yeah, I think this is a win-win trade, I think, for both teams. I'm going to give both of them a B for the Wizards to be able to get out of Otto Porter's contract. Not the worst contract in the league, but pretty bad. And then especially after what happened with John Wall, you're just trying to clear salary to trade him for two expiring contracts and then also get a second round pick out of it you could have done a lot worse than you did and then for the bulls getting Otto porter who yes his salary is really high but he's a good player a good player who could probably be the third or fourth option on the championship contender so it's a nice piece to have in chicago they have a lot of young talent there Otto porter definitely adds to their talent base and yeah i just like the trade overall for both teams let's move on we spoke about the reggie bullock trade so we'll move on from that this one big trade that happened in the middle of the night the night before the trade deadline between the philadelphia 76ers and the los angeles clippers the sixers received tobias harris boban marjanovic and mike scott and in exchange they sent the los angeles clippers wilson chandler mike muscala who got moved to the lakers landry chamette 2020 first round pick which is lottery protected an unprotected 2021 first round pick from the Heat, 2021 second round pick from Detroit, and a 2023 second round pick from Detroit. Perry, I'll let you start on this. What do you think? Both of them get A's. I love this trade for both sides. The Clippers looking for the future. You get back two first round picks for a guy that's probably going to walk in three months. Jerry West. Oh my 
what kind of steroids are you on right now? This is some executive steroids. This guy's insane. He's finagling Danny Ainge style. This is two first round picks for a guy that I'm confident isn't re-signing with the Clippers in three months. Whoa. I'm so impressed with this trade for the Clippers. For the 76ers, you want to win now? That's what you got to do. A player that did make the All-Star game, which I disagree with, 21 points a game. He's a player that's having the best year of his career, has been traded a lot. There's a little rule in the CBA that if he gets traded, Boban has to be traded with him. (laughs) But Tobias helps them become maybe the top dog in the East. It's going to be debatable. I can have that debate right now. Who do you think wins the East after this, after the whole trade deadline? I'm going with the Sixers. And I'm going with the Bucks. That's where it's a toss-up between the two of them. Even the Celtics are in discussion and the Raptors. And I honestly think the Bucks, after watching how they played the other night when they put up 250 points, it was insane. They had 85 points, I believe, at halftime. This is a team that was serious, and they added Nikola Mirotic all day. This is a well-coached team that is poised for success, but the 76ers are scary. If they can keep the both of them like they're talking about in reports, the big four, I'm down with that. That's a serious formula for success. Yeah, I'm giving both teams an A as well. I think what Jerry West has been able to do with the Clippers, sure it would be nice to have him on the Lakers front office right now, but it's with the Clippers. The Sixers being able to add Tobias Harris, that's huge for them right now. They're a team that's in win-now mode right now. They got now Harris, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid. And J.J. Redick, who is super undervalued. And very important to them, too, with the way that he can space the floor. For the Clippers, though, to be able to get that 2021 unprotected first-round pick from the Heat, you don't know what they're going to be like two years from now. And that 2021 pick is so valuable because that's the year that high school players are expected to be allowed to come into the NBA right from high school. So you're going to have an extremely loaded draft class because you're going to have all of the freshmen from college from the year before that couldn't go directly from high school to the NBA. And then all of the high school players that are now able to go directly into the NBA. Having that and having it be an unprotected pick, that's huge. And for the Clippers who, like you mentioned, probably weren't going to keep Tobias Harris past this year, maybe they'd be able to re-sign him if they struck out in free agency. But even still, I'd probably rather want the haul that they got than Tobias here. Not probably. I would. 100%. I would, for sure. So, great trade for both of them, though. Let's move on to the next trade. Phoenix and Miami. The Phoenix Suns received Wayne Ellington and Tyler Johnson, and in exchange, the Miami Heat received Ryan Anderson. This was essentially just a swap of some bad contracts. Tyler Johnson's got a pretty bad contract. I'm going to give him both C's. Yeah, Wayne Ellington. I think the only true winner out of this was Wayne Ellington. Who I agree got released and he wasn't getting much playing time at all with the heat i think he had sat out even though he was a healthy scratch the last four or five games before he got traded and now he's going to the pistons where he's going to get some playing time so yeah c's for both of them wayne ellington a plus let's move on to the next trade which is between the portland trailblazers and sacramento kings this was really just a swap of two project players the blazers traded caleb swanigan to the kings in exchange for scala bca i actually like this trade a little bit better for the blazers i think the bca is a better prospect than caleb swanigan he's shown some promise in the past some good games that he's been able to put together whereas swanigan really hasn't i'll give the blazers a b plus for this and i'll give the kings a c minus b plus and b minus i think they caleb swanigan is a little younger 
or at least came in the league a little bit later, so hasn't shown as much. He's yet. actually older because he, came, I think he had four came, years. But came in, in the league later on, so he hasn't shown later. as much yeah. yet. I think it's a solid trade for both. Who Sorry. had the B plus though? The Kings or Blazers? The Blazers. Okay, and then the Kings had the B minus. Yeah. All right, Malachi Richardson going to the Philadelphia 76ers. So Sixers received Richardson, a 2022 second round pick, and draft rights to Amir Preldzich, who is a foreign player that is never going to play in the is. NBA. It was just to swap because Raptors received cash Here, take cash this considerations. Random foreigner. It was it was a player that you see this all the time. It's just players it's so that aren't stupid. going to play a game in the NBA. Malachi got waived as well. Okay, yeah, and then the Raptors received cash consideration. So essentially, what it was, the Sixers paying the Raptors to get a second round pick, which, like I mentioned, happens quite a bit. Usually it's in the draft, though, not midseason. Give the Sixers a C-plus and the Raptors a C-minus, just because I'd rather want the second round pick than some extra cash. I agree with you. I'll do the same grades. Let's move on to the Raptors trading with the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets received Greg Monroe in a 2021 second round pick, and the Raptors received cash. The Raptors went on a shopping spree. I'm going to give them the, the win on this one. Greg Monroe was not doing much for them at all. They got a 2021 pick for the Nets, so I was just joking about that cash statement, but I think the Nets at that point getting a second round pick with Monroe, why not? Yeah, I think the Nets won this trade. I agree. They're in the hunt for the playoffs. They should make the playoffs, led by D'Angelo Russell, led by who's Greg an Monroe. I'm going to give the Nets an A, and I'll give the Raptors C. Yeah, I'll it. go A and C plus because I think the Raptors wanted to get Monroe off, and the second round pick clearly was meaningless. Next trade, the Atlanta Hawks traded Tyler Dorsey to the Memphis Grizzlies in exchange for Shelvin Mack. What are your thoughts about this? Not, Scratch. Yeah, not Blah. really much of anything. Two players that aren't really going right. to do anything C for either team. C. Yeah, Scratch. C and C. Let's move on to Boston Celtics trading Jabari Bird and Cash to the Atlanta Hawks in exchange for a second round pick that is top 55 protected. It's the Hawks second round pick, so it's not going to convey. They essentially gave the Atlanta Hawks money in exchange for taking Jabari Bird. I thought it was sacrilegious for the Celtics to ever trade anyone named Bird, no? No. I mean, the Lakers cut someone named Bryant in the offseason, Thomas Bryant, but it's been weird. In they the don't NBA retire right last names, too, for these teams. I thought you exile every single person that has that last name. Like, if Kobe Bryant's jerseys retire, I thought you couldn't have someone named Bryant. Maybe team. maybe that's why they've been doing this. Okay, now exactly, it makes sense. Exactly. See, I'm... You learn stuff every day. You don't just retire the number, bro. There's a name on top of it. (laughs) Do the name, too. Speaking real quick, I'm going to throw that in. Moses Malone, we talked about this a few podcasts ago. His number two jersey being retired for the 76ers. He said the only way he wanted it to be retired is if every teammate that he played with on the 76ers name was on it also. So on the border, it has every one of his teammates' names. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was an awesome move. I think it's dope. He didn't want his jersey being retired without his teammates names up there so that was a really good move we're gonna move on to maybe one or two names that really stand out in the buyout market to you for me i thought it was gonna be wayne ellington was my main guy yeah. and if deandre jordan got bought out that would have been the guy i saw but i think Ennis Cantor yeah, is the say. one guy that and i think he's going to the celtics probably i think Cantor's really the only big quality player left Markeith Morris, too, to a lesser degree. DeAndre Jordan, definitely, if he had been bought out, but it looks like he's probably not going to be bought out. It's the other center on the Knicks. Yeah, and yeah. Like Max had mentioned on our podcast last week, he 
should be a pretty good mentor for Mitchell Robinson. Similar games, it's just Robinson's obviously a lot more raw, even though DeAndre Jordan still is a pretty raw basketball player, relies solely on athleticism. Wesley Matthews would have been a nice addition too, but he's gone to the Pacers, Ellington to the Pistons. Both teams that I couldn't have predicted before when you asked me. Yeah, I didn't think so either. But Matthews makes sense, kind of filling a void for Victor Oladipo. Yeah. Um, Yeah, other than that, I mean, Carmelo Anthony's still out there, but I don't think he's a great addition. Let's get it. Mellow season. I just don't want to. We're going to talk NBA slam dunk competition. We're just going to talk about who we think is going to win. Dennis Smith Jr., John Collins, Miles Bridges, and Hamadou Diallo. Who do you think is going to win this one? I say John Collins. I'm going to go with Dennis Smith Jr. I really like this field. And we were texting about this when it got announced, and you had said John Collins, and I said he's the last person I would choose. And then the odds came out and he yeah, was the number he's the one. Favorite. Yeah, suck my dick. I saw that too. <laughs> yeah, I really like this feel. I think not many people know too much about these players, maybe other than Dennis Smith Jr., but especially Hamadou Diallo, who's on the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's an athletic freak. I'm excited for this contest. Yeah, it'll I think be fun. Even without the big names, it's going to be a really good contest. For the three-point contest, we have reigning champion Devin Booker, Seth Curry, and Steph Curry. Danny Green, Joe Harris, Buddy Heald, Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton, Dirk Nowinski, and Kemba Walker. Who wins? Curry, because now I get two players. I don't think it's going to be Curry. I don't think it's going to be either of them. I'm going to give it to Kemba Walker with this crowd. I think he's going to get it behind him. Kemba's going to pull off this awesome Charlotte victory. And if not, it's going to be Devin Booker again. I would be really I cool. I just don't want to pick Curry's. Uh, the Curry's I'm, I'm just saying with an S. I'll take, take Steph Curry and take my chances. But it would be really cool. I'm going to be rooting for Dirk Nowitzki. That would be cool to see him win it. He can't shoot for shit, so I doubt it. <laughs> you think he's going to get through all of the racks before the time's up? No, he'll need a Gatorade, like rack two. He'll oh. say, I got to take a break real quick <laughs> and sit down. So we're just going to list Team LeBron and Team Giannis and say who we think is going to win for the All-Star game. It's a new format that they started, I believe, last year yeah. where you did the players drafting. I think it's a little more fun. Team LeBron, Kyrie, Harden, LeBron, of course, Durant, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson, Dame Lillard, Westbrook, Aldridge, Carl Anthony Towns, Bradley Beal, and Dwayne Wade. I love this Dwayne Wade LeBron setup yeah. here. I love that. It's really so cool much. with the NBA. Dude. I really love that. And then Team Giannis, Curry, Kemba Walker, Paul George, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Chris Middleton, Nikolai Jocic, Simmons, Blake Griffin, D'Angelo Russell, Nikolai Vucevic, Lowry, and Dirk Nowinski. Well, Ben Simmons was actually traded for Russell Westbrook. Wrote. He tweeted, he's like, where was Woj on that one? I yeah. love that. I think I was so I love that trade, though, because now Westbrook and Joel Embiid are on the same team, which Giannis said he wanted to do even though he didn't do it until they got traded. But clearly LeBron James has the best team. Yeah, I think LeBron is going to win not just this championship, but a championship for the Lakers within the next year or two. So he's just going to stay with Team LeBron. I think LeBron's just sitting there. They're like, yo, let's just grab a beer real quick. And they go under the beer, and he's under the table. He's like, you got a wire? You got a wire? He's like, nah. Yeah. All right, bro, let's talk about L.A. I got this real nice loft apartment for you <laughs> on Grand and 7th. You're moving in right now. I don't give a shit. Drop your stuff. You're coming to L.A. this offseason. There's no tampering rules when no one's around. No, seriously, this isn't Team LeBron. It's Team Tamper. because I love it. So these are all of the players on LeBron's team that are either going to be free agents this offseason or have been linked to the Lakers. Kyrie. Unrestricted free agent. Kevin Durant, unrestricted free agent. Kawhi Leonard, unrestricted free agent. Clay Thompson, 
unrestricted free agent. Anthony Davis, obviously been linked to the Lakers. And then Bradley Beal also, who's been connected to the Lakers somewhat and could be a backup option for them. It's just LeBron's calling, let's go practice. Like, hey, this is what it's going to be like. Did he smirk the whole time while <laughs> drafting this guy? I know, they don't, I know they don't record this live. You cowards, record this live, please. Yeah. I want to see Joel Embiid and Giannis's foreign reactions when they say things that are kind of inappropriate for American lingo. And you sit there and you're like, ooh, that was kind of like, you know, Aaron National TV. Or like I when Westbrook's like beef comes out of nowhere. Where and he starts sweating and just tries to fight someone or something. Uh, I, I would pay so much money to see that over any reality show. Is to see all raw, give them some C4 before they go in there, get them hyped the fuck up with some rock stars and say, let them loose, draft the teams, get it on camera, all angles, let's see what the hell And have up. all the players there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure, I mean, I know that could dude, never happen, but even if it's just on camera and have all of them oh, there man. while they're... While they're having the draft in front of everyone. But I loved Giannis when LeBron James picked Anthony Davis and he just couldn't hold back. Isn't that tampering? And then LeBron James just laughs it off and says, it's no tampering for All-Star Weekend. Uh, so the rules <laughs> stop apply. applying for All-Star Weekend. Obviously, if all the players could have been there, that would have been super entertaining. But I don't see how they could this make that This needs to be work. dodgeball yeah. style, half court, players with reversible jerseys. You flip whatever jersey you get picked on and you go and you do a quick game to 21 right then and there and then do the all-star game but right there like cool let's go your shirts were skins let's get it on tv like this needs to happen you need to start living this up yeah but i think as exciting as the draft was and it was very entertaining i was disappointed that it was just ernie johnson with them instead of having the whole tnt crew there i love the whole crew i love kenny smith charles barkley and shaq I think they would have made it even more entertaining. Just Shaq would have been way, yeah, way better. It would have been a lot of fun. But that's all we have for you guys today on episode 44 of NBN Wrapped, our trade deadline slash we hate you, Dell Dams for not trading Anthony <laughs> Davis special that we had. Super fun to talk about. I know people were a little upset that some of the blockbuster trades didn't happen for the deadline, but volume-wise, the trades were there. Still an exciting Woj, deadline. Adrian Wojnarowski, you are an absolute animal. Your fingers are probably so sore. Ice those babies up because I'm going to need you for the off season. But I loved it. Loved you guys on Twitter. You guys were all over it with my personal page, all over it with NBA Unwrapped. Our contributors, you guys are all over it too. Seriously, so great to have such a great group of people who love sports as much as we do. Talking about it constantly keeps us on our toes. So trade deadline. Even though nothing humongous happened, such a success in my eyes. Before we sign off, I want to remind you guys to listen to us on podcast.com, the Pulse Podcast Network. You can also download it on iTunes, first podcast network app around. And you can also listen to us on the Apple Podcast app. Leave us a five-star review on there as well. Listen to our podcast through unwrappedsports.com. All four of them with the latest episodes going to be right there. And you can find articles from this guy right here, Corbin, Christian, all of our contributors. You guys are really lighting it up. So excited to have such great content going out right now. So if you haven't gone on and checked out our website, go ahead and do that. I'll have an NBA trade deadline article at some point tomorrow or probably today by the time you guys are listening to this detailing a little bit more about each trade so if you want to go ahead and check that out please do if you guys are interested in writing for the site go ahead and hit us up yeah hit us up and we're happy to bring on new contributors how many contributors do we have so far about 15 
Yeah, so it's been awesome, the support that we've gotten from you guys. To all of our contributors, you guys have been doing an incredible job. We love how active you guys have been. If you're interested, follow us on NBA Unwrapped on Twitter or Unwrapped Sports, our network page, or my Twitter, Perry Aston, Corbin's Twitter as well, Corbin Unwrapped. Hit one of us up, we'll get you on the team. If not, just follow our NBA page right now for the greatest content. We killed it during deadline season, and this was a super fun episode as well. So signing off, and we'll see you guys next time.